Hello and welcome to The Guest Cast, the podcast where we explore guest stories from real people and look at how even the briefest interaction with hospitality while travelling can have a profound effect on a guest's whole life. This podcast is brought to you by Touchday Digital Guidebooks. As guest happiness fanatics, we want to dig into real-life guest experiences and learn about what really makes guests happy and what doesn't, hopefully picking up some great tips for vacation rental professionals along the way. So join us each fortnight as your hosts Andy and Tyan chat to guests from around the globe about their travel experiences. Introducing said hosts. Hi, my name's Andy. I'm the CEO here at Touchday. We started Touchday to improve guest experiences. So having a podcast in which we get to hear from real guests is something I'm personally very excited about. Hi friends, I'm Tyan Marsink Hammond and I am a vacation rental industry leader, educator, longtime host, owner, property manager, and investor, as well as the community ambassador for Touchday Digital Guidebooks. So pack your bags and get ready for this week's guest. Welcome to the next episode of the guest cast. Um, today we have Cassie Yeldham, um, or in other words, Cassie in Cuba. And I am super excited to have Cassie. Um, like we're all super excited about all of our guests. Of course, if you've been a regular listener here, that's my favorite phrase, super excited. Um, but Cassie, tell us a little bit about you real quick um, before we go into your story. Well, uh, I'm Cassie. I'm from England. Um, I'm not from Cuba, country to popular belief. Um, when I was in my mid-twenties, I basically packed up my life in London and I booked a one-way ticket to Cuba. Um, purely on a whim. There was no planning behind it. It was just to go and have an adventure and see where life took me. Uh, and it took me down a path that I absolutely wasn't expecting. And I've ended up being married to a Cuban cowboy, uh, lived the last five years in Cuba, now bought him imported him into England. Um, and that's a very <laughs> brief synopsis of the last six years of my life. <laughs> Wait, what? what is a Cuban cowboy? It is what it says on the tin. He's a Cuban man. Uh, he's a cowboy through and through. Um, I'm, t- I'm talking spurs, cowboy hat, you know, sheaf knife the whole the whole hog um he i met him riding horses and drinking rum and, and that sort of thing smoking cigars so he is whatever you can imagine a cuban cowboy to be as, as authentic as they come he's the real deal <laughs> the real deal yeah it's not just for tourism <laughs> now cassie i'm really interested in this one-way ticket thing that just blows my mind to just decide to go on an adventure buy a one-way ticket is there a story behind that there is so it actually all began that a friend of mine was going to Jamaica um, and after a few bottles of rum and looking at a map we realized how close Jamaica was to Cuba and the conversation flowed I've always wanted to go to Cuba hey let's go um, and and booked a ticket now the actual first time I went was a return I only went for two weeks um, it was it was just a, a, a you know an annual leave holiday thing from from my London life um, and then during that time I met a um, I met another man, actually, not my current husband, so there's a bit of gossip there. Um, but in general, I, more importantly for me, was I fell in love with Cuba. And I actually came home to England with more questions than I had when I originally went out there. Um, and then one thing led to another, and I and then I sort of kept going back for the next six, six, six to eight months. Um, and then eventually, the one-way ticket was bought when I quit my job, left my house, uh, sold my all of my stuff, and I bought a one-way ticket to Cuba, because at that point I'd started a very small, very informal tourism 
sort of business, but it was really to support the locals. I didn't profit from it. It was it, it was it was just to give them some business because I had the luxury of the internet, which at that point they didn't have. So it was just a way of marketing. Um, and and I, I had this, this boyfriend and I was, you know, tied up in this exciting romance and 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 that was drawing me in and, and the country itself was drawing me in and the people and everything. Um, so that's where the, the one way ticket came about. Um, but I had I had been there a few times before. Um, but yeah, it, it took some guts to do the one way ticket, but I don't ever look back. <laughs> What what's so great about Cuba though, Cassie? Like I hear it in your energy and your voice. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I've traveled to a lot of countries in my, I guess throughout my life. And Cuba is one of those countries where it's so unique. Um in every way <laughs> it's not like you know if you go to Spain you know what it's what to expect. I mean it's a wonderful country, of course, but more or less you've had the um the knowledge throughout your life to know more a little bit about the Spanish culture the same with Italy the same with England all of these countries you have an idea that's sort of innate in us really because of our you know the media that we've had or films that we've seen whereas Cuba has been so shut off until more recently um, it has this air of magic and and wonderment about it that immediately just gets all of your senses going and then as soon as you land there it's nothing that you expect it to be but it's also everything you expect it to be at the same time and one of my um you know there's, there's the tourist level of the classic cars and the sir and it's sunny and the mojitos and, and the music and that kind of thing which is great right that's great for a holiday um what I felt like when I was first there was I wanted to just go further because it's there's such a complexity um, in the people and you think because of their politics and their really challenging background there is it's sort of this amalgamation that everything has created in, in this island it's so difficult to explain um, but so many people feel the same as me when they go there and they, and, and they think wow this is mind-blowing on so many different levels and that basically was my challenge I might be going off on a tangent here sorry um, but that was my challenge I wanted to get below the 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 tourist level and I wanted to really be with the locals and and get to know the country and and that magic is is everywhere it's, it's everywhere it's in the streets as you walk down you know the cars and the, the the hubbub of the streets and everything it just draws you in you you perfectly described that it's it's the the um the embracing of the complete unknown um and you're right, we, we all kind of know a bit about many other countries, the more traditional places, but as soon as you start talking about somewhere brand new, it's completely unknown. One thing I wanted to explore there was the interesting comment you made that you wanted to stay on and really understand what it is like to live like a local. And that to me said, you can't get that by holidaying there and staying there short term which is very much what the Airbnb phrase is all about, live like a local. But you seemingly think that you can't do that. It's more like a longer experience. But can people go there and, and sort of truly understand it in a week? So it's really complex. It's a really good question. In my opinion, a you can go as a tourist and you can get a really good idea of Cuba um, more than you will have, you know, you'll, you'll go with more questions answered as such. Um, you will have seen it, you will have understood the, the culture and the language and the food um, and how they live and that sort of thing. I think 
any country in the world you go to, if you go there for a week, you will never understand it. It's the same as if you go to London. I lived in London for 10 years. You go to London as a tourist, you have a great time. You eat fish and chips, you go and see Buckingham Palace, you do the tourist attractions. You may stay with, an, with a local host or a friend, that's also great. And you will, in that respect, have a little more of a depth to your trip. If you're not just staying in a hotel and you're not meeting anyone from England or something like that. But if you don't live there, if you if you only go to the centre of London, you don't go to the outer corners or to the countryside or and you don't actually make friends with the British people and that sort of thing. You will never, in my opinion, be able to fully understand how the people tick and how things work. Um, and that is exactly the same for Cuba. Yeah, you can go and you stay in the Airbnbs, which is the most popular way. Um, and you, therefore you stay with the families and they cook for you and you have home cooked foods, that's wonderful. And um, so you are having a, you know, a direct relationship with the locals. So yeah, absolutely, to some extent, you are really getting an authentic experience because you're not just staying in a cold hotel, for example. But you can always go, you can always un uncover more layers. And that was what I wanted to do because you go to the, the family's home and and they're laying a table for you. They're treating you as clients. They're treating you as guests. You may feel they're treating you as family and that is their intention. At the end of the day, you're paying a bill. And so they obviously are working for you. So there is always that sort of layer, if that makes sense, or that divide. Um, and also because of the politics and, and, and how the country works, the government has a bit of a reign over how they want the country to be perceived as well and the locals know that because it's ingrained in them because of their upbringing so it's it's terribly complicated there's so much so many different levels so I think absolutely going to Cuba as a tourist you will uncover more than you would if you just stayed in the hotel and went to the beach right but what I wanted was just to get in there a bit more you know and just to be with them and, and, and sit and have a beer with them and not have the tourist hat on so Cassie, there is a unique private accommodation system in Cuba that you had mentioned, the, I guess, Casa Particular, and how, can you tell us more about that and how it differs to the hotels that are government owned? Yes. So the most popular and in my personal preference, well, is my personal preference as well, is the Casa Particular. Um, it's, it's what we know these days as an Airbnb. Um, so it's a private home. Uh, it's where they live with their families and they have they are able now since I think oh gosh don't quote me around 2014 2014 um, have been given licenses by the government to run their own private business um, in the very same way that, that we might run private businesses here which most people think it's a communist country they can't have business so that's one of the reasons that it's such a complex country because nothing really makes sense anyway um so the casas um casa means house if you don't speak Spanish um and particular means private so it's you you basically you go and you stay you have your own room um in a family's house um a lot of the houses these days are more developed they're getting more you know there's more money around so they're able to put money, more money into it as a business so you might have your own room but on the outside of the house like an annex for example and you might have a room inside the actual family's house so you have to knock on the door to let be let in um, or you have your own key to the house and that sort of thing um, in general you always have your own bathroom you've always they've always you know built that for you as well um, 
but you have breakfast there you can have lunch there as well you can have dinner there as well if you want um they organize everything for you so it's almost a bit like having a private sort of not travel agent but you know someone who could be responsible for your whole trip um they work on a network so if you go to a house a casa in Havana for example they'll have their network of casa owners in in all these different towns in, in the, on the island in you know in this village I know someone or they pass you around the island basically they can book taxis um they'll book excursions activities all that sort of thing um whereas the hotel um the hotels that are government owned the money your money will go to the government or the military which is why Americans can't stay in them legally because of that because of the embargo and they obviously don't want the Americans to kind of spend their money that way um so that's the difference the difference culturally is that if you go to a hotel you're not interacting with the Cubans um the food is is mass produced and won't have the same quality it won't be home cooked by by mom or dad or grandma um you know you'll, you'll, you'll be you could be in any country <sighs> so you know you wouldn't get that you don't get the the Cuban feel um more recently as as tourism was on the up I suppose pre-pandemic um the the castes in 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 on the island actually have more sort of conditions so in Havana there's a lot of boutique hotels opening up there although the name hotel is is what's on the website it's not a government run hotel it's a private hotel but you walk into it and you don't feel like you're in somebody's house you feel like you're in a hotel so there's a little bit of crossover at the moment as tourism is picking up and, and the locals are trying to find ways to invent new business basically um but traditionally and, and, and still now the casa is you know you stay with the family and, and you have that experience and the hotel is 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 a hotel. You have a concierge, and you know they sell you overpriced ex- experiences and things, and you don't get to react, um, uh, you know, be with 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 the Cubans as such. It, it sort of it sort of feels. Um, this isn't what I believe, but this is the way I'm going to kind of phrase it. It feels like it it's the same in non-Cuban countries, this choice between going and staying somewhere authentic versus going and staying in a big resort. And if you go and stay in a big resort, you get all of the um, the sort of the trappings of that, but there are also benefits. So, um, but, but what struck me here is that the alternative um, in Cuba is very much this, this private home, this casa particular, which I think if these days if you go and stay in an Airbnb in other parts of the world, there are some of those, but in reality, most of the times it's an individual home, it's a vacation rental, a holiday rental, or something like that. Um, and so you're still not necessarily benefiting from that real in-person local. Do those kind of full homes exist to rent, or is it really only the the cars, the private cars? They exist as well. Um, more these days. When I first started going back in, I guess, 2015, 2016, there were few and far between, at least from my knowledge. Um, in Havana, there are a lot of those now where you, you can go on Airbnb and you can rent a whole apartment um, or a whole house. Um, and you have absolute minimal re- um, um, interaction with, with the hosts. Um, and a lot of people like to do that because a lot of people want to go and visit Cuba and they don't want to be worried about, you know, coming home at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning having to knock on the door or something. So so a lot of people are doing that now. And in Havana, there are a lot of those of that of those, you know, private accommodations. Um, same, you know, the same as anywhere else you go, you, you know, you, they might leave a key box or something and you let yourself in. And you've got everything you need and you've got a number if you if you've got any problems in the smaller towns, not so much. 
Um, actually, in Vinales, where I'm based or was based, there isn't really any of those. But in Havana, there's quite a lot of those these days. So, so do the do the Casa Particulars are they listed on Airbnb as well, or because this they are okay. And this private network you mentioned, I thought was really interesting. It's 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 that um, it's that kind of trusted friend that they send you to. Do, yes. But but if they're sort of all on Airbnb and you can kind of just go to it, it kind of loses that a bit. So are they listed somewhere else? Like where I'm going is there is there like this this Casa Particular kind of online travel agent equivalent of Airbnb where I go and find only these places in this network of places. There, there is. Whether or not people use it these days, I think is a different question. When yeah. I first started going in, in 2016, there was no Airbnb on the island. It didn't, there wasn't, it was, it was just starting, I think, to people were just starting to cotton on to Airbnb in, in when I when I started going there, which yeah, 2016. Um, so back then there was a website, I think it was called Cuba Junkie um, or something, or Casaparticular.com or something like that, that someone had in, had invented, maybe a foreigner who had been to the island or something. And there was this list of, of Airbnbs. I remember the first time I got my accommodation in Havana through the the, the Lonely Planet guide book. I just phoned a number. It was the night before I was in London. I thought, oh God, I'm going to Havana tomorrow. And I opened the book and I, I saw the number for a, a casa in Havana. And I phoned it and I said in terrible Spanish, have you got any, a room for two tomorrow or something like that? And they said, yeah, 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 come along. So that was how it used to work. And then we were passed around on this network. We got there, had absolutely no plans, didn't know anything about anything. And, and they said, oh, I've got a cousin, third, fourth, fifth cousin you know cousin's husband uncle kind of vibe um in this town and, and we were sent around the island like that um but now it's all from my knowledge it's mostly airbnb unless you go with a private travel agent <clears throat> um and then they'll have their own contacts um but if See, you're this doing sorry to interrupt cassie but this is kind of where i'm going a bit like the romantic person sort of side of me is like can this thing still exist like does it still exist because what you described to me in the early part of this was just this complete enthusiasm for staying at this cars in particular and then it kind of sort of gets a bit watered down because now you find them sort of alongside whole homes on mm. airbnb and you kind of don't quite get that same sort mm. of thing um and um and yeah so, I, so i'm i'm like i'm i'm sitting there thinking to myself you know why why doesn't that exist why doesn't that equivalent of what you described just phoning someone up and and mm. i know why it doesn't anymore because there's those it's it's um you know airbnb is prevalent everywhere but you, what you described at the start was really the authentic version of what i imagine yeah. staying in a private home should be and yeah. that sort of does it still does it still really exist then like it's still you know how do you go and find someone like that instead of just going on airbnb it still exists, but it depends on the traveler. So if you if you book a flight to Cuba and you don't do much research, like I think we tend to do now because of the internet being so prevalent in our lives in every way, we you know we look at everything, we Google everything, we organize everything before you go. If you want the Cuban romantic, as you say, that experience, which I fully recommend to everybody, um, you just book a flight to Cuba and go, you know, maybe book the first night in Havana in a casa. And then say, you know, and then and then do what I did back in 2016. And then you're passed around. You don't know why. I mean, we ended up in strange places that I wouldn't recommend that it be, God was an experience. And, you know, it was really fun. There are people that still do that. They are more the sort of backpacker type travelers. Um, you're less inclined to get, you know, families because they want to make sure everything's planned, which makes sense. But if you're of the backpacker nature and you want an adventure, it's the best country to go to because you, you, you know, it, as you say, it's that romantic vibe. You don't know where you're going to end up. So over the years, the change, I can put it down to not not one thing, but a huge impact is the the prevalence now of the internet on the island. So. 
for context, there wasn't any internet really in Cuba until very recently. So that's why the culture has changed so rapidly in the past few years, I suppose pre-pandemic of course, but um, that's why when I went in 2016, there was, I didn't connect to the internet the whole time. You could go and connect to Wi-Fi if you went to a public place um, and you buy a little Wi-Fi card and you pay a dollar for an hour and you scratch off the pin on the back and you put it into your Wi-Fi code, you know, password and things like that. Um, I didn't I didn't connect the whole time I was there. Now in 2018, December 2018 was when 3G started on mobile phones. So that kind of got the ball rolling a bit. They had access to internet, then they could put their accommodations on online and that ended up sort of changing the culture of how the network of you know finding a conscience is 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 sort of is given if that makes sense um so yeah there's the option of doing it in the romantic exciting you know adventure way which i love but now people don't you know as you say people like airbnb they want to know what 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 to expect so with these experiences cassie are there you know, obviously there's Airbnb experiences and then there's the ones that you find at the Casas. Is there like a private secret network, like exclusive, if you stay at a Casa, you get these types of experiences. I'm just thinking maybe like when you met your Cuban cowboy. So that's a trick. In my opinion, and some people might disagree with this, but if you, um, you need to go and look for the adventure in Cuba. So that was basically what I did. I really took the bull, you know, the bull by the horns and I, and I went out looking for it. Cuba is a country where they're so desperate for the foreign currency. They're so desperate for, um, for clients, for tourists to come in. There is a lot of scamming and a lot of, you know, they don't really care. They just see foreigners as, as walking cash points. Um, in general, I'm absolutely <laughs> um, Therefore, if you go to a casa and they sell you an experience, it's going to be the same as they did yesterday and the same as they're going to do tomorrow. And the idea of it is, you know, it's not, they don't really care necessarily about you. I sound a bit pessimistic here, but in general, they, they, they want you to have a good time because they want you to put a good review on their Airbnb site. Right. So adventure, it's a bit complex and I'm, I'm definitely contradicting myself, but if you book an Airbnb experience, um, my husband had one and it was very popular because I was, well, I was able to have an input and, and make him understand what we want. <laughs> what does the client or the tourist want? You need to make it authentic. Um, but in, I think you, in, in, in a country like Cuba, where they are just sort of, you know, they want the, the business as such, you really need to go out there and find adventure on your own. That's how I found my, my husband now. It was by me going back and spending time there and, and forcing myself upon the locals, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, 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 to, to be honest, again, you've described something which I, which I think exists in every country. It's as soon as you have an established thing that you run for your guests or a, or a tourism, you know, activity that, that you offer, it can start to become a bit bland and a bit vanilla. Um, yeah. uh, but that's in the eyes of you, the, the operator. I think personally, the tourist still comes in and goes. You know, to me, it's the first thing I've seen. But the, the, what I'm trying to get to there is the laziness that can creep in when you've got something that you've been doing yeah. and you go, oh, it's working. I just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Um, yeah. And uh, and and I'm not surprised that 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 you've described that in Cuba because like once you're hitting a good thing yeah. and you start making money from it, well, why would I change it? But I guess the point is yeah. that um, you need to keep it fresh. You need to keep it sort of different each time. Yeah. 
Exactly that. And I was just about to, to interrupt, there and interrupt you there and say the same thing. I'm saying that because I know Cuba, so I'm not mm. bored of it, but I, it's, it's normal to me, isn't it? Um, but you're right. When, when the tourists would come in, uh, it, it's, it's obviously an incredible thing. So let's talk about Vinales, the excursions my husband used to do. You go to Vinales, it's this beautiful tobacco region. It's a national park. It really is stunning. And it's about three hours west of Havana. You go to your casa, you check in, and then they they try and sell you immediately an excursion riding horses into the tobacco field or you might have already organized it on Airbnb and have it set up or whatever either way um and it's the most incredible thing because it's the first time you've seen it it's the first time the tourists have seen it and it's it's it is wonderful um but I will say that a lot of the reviews that I see on Airbnb on the experiences or tourists that I used to speak to would come back and say gosh yeah it was beautiful it was wonderful the food was great you know rolling a cigar is incredible experience of course and it's it's once in a lifetime thing but when we got to the farm, for example, they were just trying to sell me the tobacco. They were just trying to sell, sell me the cigars because the locals are so now used to having tourists come in and, 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 and they just want to sell the product. A lot of the locals sort of lost the, you know, the, the excitement as well. So it sort of works two ways in a way. Um, so yeah, on the one hand, yeah, you come in as, as a foreigner and it's mind blowing. And on the other hand, the, the local is also bored. <laughs> <laughs> of doing the same thing day in day out they lose the excitement um and then that reflects on how the tourists feel so it's sort of a, a funny cycle do you have any suggestions to host or um experience those who do the experiences on how to avoid getting that that burnout and becoming bored and trying to spice it up gives a little bit of serendipity i guess um to each group i think I think these days, because everything is so is so prevalent on Airbnb, and there are some incredible experiences. For example, my husband—it's not my husband's anymore because he's here with me—but the family who are, who've taken it over. If you go through and 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 you have to read the reviews, and you will get a really good idea because people are honest, <laughs> right? People, tourists will come home and say oh it was really touristy or it was this or it was that or they'll say it was so authentic and it felt you know like you know we had we were cooking black beans with grandma and and that sort of thing so I think do research before which I'm definitely contradicting myself but that's Cuba all over Cuba is a contradiction that's why I'm always contradicting but you can't not <laughs> um, but you know I think five ten years ago it, I'd have said a very different thing but with how the scene is today um, read the reviews do your research before you go and book with people who are going to give you an authentic experience otherwise it's a risk and I think when you land in Cuba you are at a huge risk of just being another tourist and you'll fall into tourist traps. Is there anything that we as hosts could do though? Um, not not necessarily the tourists, but we as a host who are giving the experience or giving um, the stay at the casa. I think, yeah, I think always try to to re react to how the the client to their vibes. I know that's a bit of a vague thing to say, but in general, as a host, when when the client comes into your to your home, you get a vibe for what they're looking for. And you get a vibe for what they want. And I think it's really important to, to follow that and to actually treat people individually and think, hey, what do you want? Rather than just selling a generic horse riding excursion or a generic ride in a classic car or generic trip to a tobacco farm or a generic trip to the beach, to really sit down and, and, and chat with, with the, the guests to actually 
get to know them genuinely to then genuinely be able to say oh hey I think you'll really get on with my my cousin or my neighbor or my friend or something like that and to really put that effort into as you know getting to know them personally and then you can make a decision and say hey this will really you know you'll really enjoy this and of course make a business out of it and sell that product or sell that contact absolutely um because that's ultimately why you know why you're doing it but if you make that genuine genuine uh uh, connection with the guest it will forever be repaying you I think I, I like the idea there Cassie of essentially having a formula but with the ability to just change a couple of the ingredients when you pick up on something that a guest says oh you know I came to this town or this city because of you know something and you as a host can interpret that and say oh that's interesting you know I'll flip my formula that I offer them into giving them this extra something different or you know, mm. sort of tweak it um, and I think that applies to the stay as well, to the actual guest stay, not just the, the, mm. the, you know, the experience of a tour or something. But if you've got a guest that's coming in who um, has something in particular that they were there for or is a certain type of person or is looking for certain something, then the ability to just tweak what you offer, um, that flexibility, I think, is mm -hmm. an amazing strength, an amazing asset. It's not easy, though, is it? It's not easy to like mm. pick up on stuff, but... Um, it's not easy, but you can even do it before the the, the, the guest gets there, you know, with the, on, on email or that sort of thing. As an example, just recently, um, I we had a group contact us because um, I do some sort of intermediary and I help, you know, some local Cubans and things who can't speak English. And we had some emails saying, oh, I'm coming here with a group of um, of bee fanatics or honey fanatics. And they've heard that the honey in Cuba is really great. Um, and they're coming specifically for the honey. So then as a, as a host, you, you know, you could ask those questions. Is there anything in particular you're coming for? Are you a big cigar smoker? Are you big on rum? Is, you know, are you big on architecture? And you could have a form, as you say, uh, of, of generic questions to be able to get to know someone. And then you can think, actually, our neighbor's cousin has got a, a you know bee what do you mm -hmm. call it beehives <laughs> so yeah if you just get take that time get to know the guests you will be able to to plan and and, and to help them out and really make an effort and it, and then it's it you know you'll both get get the most out of it I think those have always been my very best trips is is exactly what you said making that connection with someone local and then I feel like I got the insider tip of ooh this is the thing to do um and yeah, it makes the best memories and the best trip possible. Mm -hmm. And exactly. I think another another part of that is the bit that you said earlier, where at the end of this amazing experience, they felt like they went to the gift store and were being sold stuff. You know, that doesn't apply to our listeners so much because they're not offering gift stores at the end. But the, the philosophy, the principle is the same, that, that, you know, you've created this amazing experience for the guests and you've listened to them and you've, you've, you've given them a tip. But then at the end, you slam them with something or... Um, or, you, or you 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 pull out a bunch of extras that the guest has to pay if they didn't understand they had to pay, um, and uh, I, so I, I've I've heard people do it in two different ways. One is they just offer a full service. So if you're coming to stay with me for a week, I don't tell you any any extras. Like everything is included, and then there are those who say, "Here's what my." week stay with me includes and then you can you can have these other things like uh, you know a grocery delivery service or this or this or this but it's very clear that that's an optional extra as opposed to you know you get halfway into you know giving all this information to the host about why you're there and what you're doing and then they go oh well that's going to cost you 200 dollars to do that because i can't you know that that's really tedious that's that's horrible 
Yes, yes. And that actually is quite a big thing in Cuba as well. I remember the very first time I went there, and again, this seems very different now, but that same thing happened. We got there and we booked the night and it was something like $20 for a night. Um, and then breakfast, I think, was included. Great. Um, and then they offered, because you are going into someone's home, and if you don't know anything about Cuba and you haven't done any research, which I hadn't, you go in and they said, oh, should we have some dinner tonight? Do you want to have dinner with us tonight? And I thought, oh, how nice is that? That's nice, isn't it? Have some dinner. And then do you want a mojito? And then do you want, oh, do you want to go this? Or do you want to borrow a bicycle? Or, you know, things like that. And I said, oh, yeah, that would be nice. How nice are these people? And then obviously we got slapped mm. with the bill at the end of it. And I thought, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I think that was maybe not happening so much these days because they've learned because tourism is new to them as well as a culture um but it, it was it was just a funny thing because as you say and, and then I went home you know with a, with a, a sour taste in my mouth because I thought well actually I didn't know that you were gonna you didn't make it clear um so yeah you're, you're quite right but I think as long as you you're upfront about it and there's nowadays in Cuba there are most of the casas at least in Vinales in the small village where I'm from where, where, I am, where I'm from <laughs> where I'm, I'm based um the casas have a big sign in their house or in the kitchen and it's got the prices you can have dinner for ten dollars you can have a massage for 30 or a mojito's three that sort of thing so I think that's good because it's it's clear so Cassie what have you learned about yourself as a guest throughout this experience (laughs) Um, as a guest I think one of the prevalent the most predominant things I've learned is to really respect the host (laughs) because before this experience I was never um you know you go to an Airbnb or a a bed and breakfast or a hotel whatever maybe not a hotel but and you just you're there selfishly as the guest because why wouldn't you be um and I think from seeing it from sort of both sides as well and unique to Cuba and its unique culture I think to really respect the host and what they're doing for you and the difficulties they might be going through for you um, this might not be relevant for every country but it's certainly relevant for Cuba because they have such little supplies um, it's very difficult difficult for them to get food especially now um, it's very difficult for them to get a washing up liquid or you know detergent to wash the um the bed sheets or things like that and so I think what I've learned as a guest is just to really respect them and actually they might be going through a lot and they might have be having a hard time country dependent of course um but just to have that respect and then you'll get that respect back yeah I like I like I like that respect I like it because um I've never heard it I've never heard that like we always talk about it from the host perspective um and um but 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 I would say also the host hearing you say that I think there's an onus on the host also to respect the guest I think sometimes we we hear the guests of pain in the backsides and guests do this and this one doesn't do this and this but you said something that was really important to me which is you said the host may be going through some stuff that you don't know and I think it's the same is true of the guest um you know sometimes you make the assumption that the guest has just been stupid because they didn't well what happens if they were I don't know that all number of things could be going on in their life I think it's it's a rule it's a general rule for life to be honest (laughs) guest or host or just anyone on the street you never know what they're going through (laughs) and I think so you know to always have that respect I mean you know you could have someone who who falls ill um if you're a host and you have a guest who stays with you and they fall really ill and or but you don't know they're ill because they're embarrassed they might have a bad stomach or you never know what's going on so I think to always remember just take a breath and just think 
I'm going to treat them how I would like them to be treated or, or whatever, you know, and, and, and just have, you know, maintain that respect. Maybe you have a travel or hospitality story you'd like to share on the guest cast. If you do, head to touchday.com forward slash podcast and send us a brief outline of your story. And as always, remember to subscribe to the guest cast on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a five star review and say hello on our social media at Touchday Welcome. This podcast was brought to you by Touchday Digital Guidebooks. Learn more about how Touchday can help make your guests happier at touchday.com.